Children's Church. Let's give them a round of applause. Starting back in September, we started up our adults Bible class back in session. We meet at 1045 each week. Rick Gratz and myself uh, teach, co-teach the class. We have about eight or 10 people that come. We'd certainly like to have more of you come. Uh, last week, I introduced uh, the topic that I'm gonna talk about today. And the topic I'm talking about, the title of my message today is, and he, shall be called. We talked about that a little bit in class last week. Today, we're going to stay on the Christmas theme because we're doing a study on God's gift of Christmas. Uh, Rick's going to be doing a study today on the family of Christ. Next week, we're doing, I will be teaching on the truth of the nativity. And then the following week on December 19th, Rick's going to finish up with the fullness of time. So, We'd certainly like to have a lot of you come to that, if you so desire. We meet in the far classroom, all the way in the back corner, up here in the upstairs. But today, we're talking about, and he shall be called. Now, most of you know my name, which is Gary Frankie. Most everybody here knew that. Names are something we all have, and people, state and local, federal government, schools, churches, workplaces, they all know us by our name. Now, some of us have the same name, either the first name, last name, middle name. Some of us have different amounts of names. Both of my parents had two middle names. Many of you, even though you knew me or known me my whole life, do not know my middle name, which is Kenneth. It's named after my father's first name. Names are something that we are given at birth, and it's usually an exciting time. This is usually done by the parents. You know, before the baby's born, normally there's there's great excitement, and people are asking you about the name, and, and you might go to the library, or you might go online and look up names, and you might have it kind of narrowed down to a few names. People choose a name based on, on maybe family tradition, or maybe even a celebrity, or a sports figure, or something totally different. I think I've told the story before, I know to some people here at church, I know my family's heard it many times, of a situation when I worked at a bank, my first job. A gentleman came in to pay off his car loan. I didn't recognize him. He said, I'd like to come and pay off my car loan. I said, okay, uh, can, you, can you give me your last name? He said, Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Okay, Mr. Allen, I went around the counter Went through the A, started looking. I said, Mr. Allen, can you give me your first name? Allen, A-L-L-A-N. I pulled out his paperwork, noticed his middle name was Allen, A-L-A-N. 
Now, Alan is that, not that unusual of a name. But when you're given to three times, it seems a little strange, right? And you all know that there's people out there with some weird names. Some very weird names. I see my daughter, Sarah, sitting there. And Sarah got tired of me telling this story about Alan, Alan, Alan. Because I mentioned it to quite a few friends and people. So when Sarah was having her first uh, child... I asked Sarah, Sarah, what are you going to name the, you know, the baby? Me and Brenda were kind of anxious, and, and uh, she kind of played it coy, and, well, we got a few names, but she didn't really tell me what they were, and, uh, you know, we might have to see him, see him or her first, and, uh, okay, great, great, great. So finally it was determined it was going to be a boy, so, uh, so I kept pressing her about the name. And finally, when she was actually in the hospital, before she was going to give birth, me and Brenda saw her for a few minutes, and she said, uh, I think we got a name, Dad. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, great, great, you know. And she said, I think we're going to call him Don Lee. That way he can be Don Lee, Don Lee. <laughs> and my face was just like, what? And I was like, going to. And she had a good sense of humor being, you know, ready to give birth. Uh, but I was ready to strangle her at the, for a second. But uh, luckily she didn't name him Don Lee, Don Lee. But, uh, uh, but in her particular family with Chris, the middle name for, a, for a, uh, a boy was Otto. And so Gavin's middle name is Otto. After about five generations of other men's middle name was Otto. So everybody has reasons for why they give names to people, our names, right? We all know that. Now today as we celebrate the second Sunday in Advent, I thought it would be a good time to review the names and titles given to the one that we worship the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. How should we treat his name? What does the Bible say about his name? So we're going to look at these questions this morning. First, we'll start in the New Testament, the book of Matthew and Luke, and work our way back to the Old Testament of Isaiah. In Luke 1:31, an angel specifically tells Mary, the mother of Jesus, these words, you will give birth you will be with child and give birth to a son and are to give him the name Jesus. And in Matthew 1.21, another angel gives Joseph similar instructions. Told Joseph, she, talking about Mary, she will be, give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God chose the name Jesus for his son because its basic meaning defined his fundamental purpose for coming to earth. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Jehovah or Yahweh will save. By his own sacrificial death on a cross and his triumphant resurrection from the grave, he would save his own. All those who are drawn from sin to repentance, and who receive faith to embrace his atoning work. Matthew goes on in verse 23 of chapter 1, and the, the angel says this to Joseph, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The name Emmanuel is the heart and the soul of the Christmas 
story. It's a promise that means literally God with us and that Jesus himself, God would appear as a human, a human infant. We tend to focus our attention on the Christmas story, on the, on the infancy of Jesus, but our real focus should be on his deity. More astonishing than a baby in a manger is the truth that this promised baby is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Emmanuel, infinitely rich, became poor. He assumed our nature. He entered our sin-polluted world. He took our guilt on himself, although he was sinless. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrow. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 5. All these things because God with us. That's the immeasurable gift of Christmas. God's own son gave up his, his wealth and his status as to become God with us so that he might save his people from their sins and through his poverty become rich. Luke 2, verse 11 where the angels are talking now to the shepherds. They tell us, it says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christ is an exalted title for a baby born in a humble manger. But when the angel announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, he identified the one born that night by his twofold heavenly title, Christ the Lord. In the Greek translation, the title Christos or Christ means the anointed one. The usage and reference to a future Savior occurs as early in the book of Daniel in chapter 9, verse 25 and 26. Whenever the term is used in a biblical times, it signified an ultimate authority was anointing someone and placing them in a very high position. In Jesus' case, the ultimate authority who anointed him was his father. God declared Jesus is the king. In fact, he is the eternal king of kings. When the angel called Jesus Christ the Lord, he was not using a merely a human designation of Lord, Instead, he was using a divine designation and claiming that the child in Bethlehem is God. To say Jesus is Lord is to say that he is first and foremost God. This is the most essential confession of the Christian faith. If a person desires to be saved, he must make the heartfelt and vocal confession that Jesus is Lord. It tells us that in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. In addition, the expression Jesus is, is Lord implies all sovereignty and authority associated with the one who is God. 
The ultimate lawful authority in the universe is God. And the angel was declaring Jesus' lawful authority as the Son of God. He was declaring him to be the true God, the one who possesses all authority and sovereignty. Now, if we look back in the Old Testament at the prophecy of Isaiah, he's talking about the coming of a promised Savior, a Messiah, the Anointed One. And although he doesn't give the name of who this is, he gives many titles of who this is. In fact, we all have titles. Besides names, we all have titles. When Brenda and myself got married on our honeymoon, we got a couple of these little placards that had our name on it, and underneath it it said, like in my case, it said, Gary, soldier of light. And then there was a scripture verse under it, Ephesians 5.8. But now you are light in the Lord, walk as children in light. We all have titles. As I'm looking down there, I see Scott Miller. Scott has a lot of titles. He's a veterinarian. He's a doctor. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a friend. We all have lots of titles. Brenda has a few titles for me. Hopefully they're all good. <laughs> I'm looking out. But we all have a few titles. Hopefully most of those are good. But we've been given those titles based on things that we've earned. None of our titles were given to us 600 years before we were born, you see. We've earned the titles of either Mr. or Grandpa. Those are things we've earned as we lived our life. But in Jesus' case, the titles given to him that was prophesied to him was done over 600 years before he was born. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, part of our morning scripture, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We're going to look briefly at these titles that he was given. First, though, first thing we're going to look at is Son of Man, because it starts out like this. For to us a child is born. It's a statement about his humanity. He began life like any human, as an infant. We also know from the New Testament that Christ experienced every temptation common to humanity, but never sinned, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He also felt everything that we feel. Hunger, thirst, pain. And he even felt the weight of our sin as he took it to the cross. Now he's also called Son of God. Notice how the verse continues. To us a son is given speaks of the Savior's pre-existent deity. By saying given, Isaiah suggests that Jesus existed before his birth. 
He was already God. The second person of the Trinity before he was given to us to be a savior. It tells us in Philippians 2, 6 and 7. He came as the son of God. God in a human body. To conquer sin and death forever. He is the light in the darkness. The only hope for our lost world. It's also given the title of King of Kings. The verse goes on and says, the government will be on his shoulders. That looks beyond the first Christmas to a time still in the prophetic future when Christ shall reign over a literal, earthly, geopolitical kingdom of the whole world. The Bible tells us that in Zechariah 14.9 and Daniel 2.44. In that day, the whole government of the whole world will rest on his shoulders and he will reign as sovereign and worldwide kingdom of righteousness and peace. Can you imagine a government like that? We have no concept of how that can be because as best as our governments are, we see the, we see the failures in many ways. His government will not be that way. And then, of course, he's called those four wonderful words. He's called a wonderful counselor. Christ demonstrated his wisdom as a counselor. When people came to him, he always knew what to say. When, and when people reached out, he would reach out to a seeking heart and he would rebuke an impetuous soul. The testimony of those who heard him in John chapter 7, 46 says, no one ever spoke like this man does. He is exceptional, distinguished, and without peer. Christ is the source of all truth, the Bible tells us in John 14, 6. It says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the counselor who knows everything. And for all of us, that's kind of good and bad. He knows everything about us. He knows the needs of our hearts, and he knows how to answer them. And he always gives wise counsel to those who hear and obey him. Now, he's also called Mighty God. The king is a mighty God, and his kingdom is free from all chaos. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Christ the King displays his divine power by bringing order. He energizes all his people. In Jesus, we have a sovereign master who can forgive sin defeat Satan, liberate us from the power of evil, redeem us, answer our prayers, restore our broken souls, and reign over rebuilt lives, bringing order to chaos. It's also called eternal father or everlasting father, and this is a literal term translated meaning the father of eternity. 
Christ is the creator of heaven and earth. Nothing is too difficult for the creator and sustainer of everything. Infinity and all its intricacies are nothing to him who is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He sees the end of everything, and he guarantees that all things will work together for the ultimate good of his kingdom's subjects. We're told in Romans 8, verse 28. And finally, he's the prince of peace. In the Messiah's kingdom, there will be no conflicts because he is the prince of peace. He offers the peace from God, it tells us in Romans 1.7, to all who receive his grace. He makes peace with God, it tells us in Romans 5.1, for those who surrender to him in faith. And he brings the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7, to those who walk with him. The announcement of peace on earth by the angels at Christmas was a two-pronged proclamation. First, it declared the arrival of the only one who ultimately can bring lasting peace on earth. And second, they were speaking primarily of a very personal, individual application of God's peace that grows out of firsthand knowledge of the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, the seventh verse, part of our scripture this morning, elaborates on the peace that Christ's kingdom will bring on earth. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, how can anything perfect get better? I don't know. That's the mysteries of the Messiah's reign. The message of Christmas is the good news of God's answer to all confusion, chaos, conflicts, and complexities of life. The gift of the newborn infant, who is also the father of all eternity, wise counselor, and mighty king, he is God with us, Emmanuel. Let him be God with us. I'm going to conclude my message this morning with a listing of titles and names of Jesus. When we did as a church a number of years back uh, experiencing God's series, the very last page of the work, work booklet was a two-page listing of names and titles given to the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that's found in the New International Bible. I'm going to read these names that they are given to Jesus, 
I'll take a few breaths in between because there's over a hundred of them that's found in the Bible. Some of these you'll hear and you'll say, oh yeah, I heard that before. Others you'll say, I, don't, I never heard that. But most of them you probably have heard before. This is an alphabetical list, so I'm going to take a deep breath here and, and uh, attempt to get through this. Jesus, a banner for the people, Alpha and Omega, Ancient of Days, Anointed One, Apostle and High Priest, Author and Perfecter of our faith, Author of life, Author of their salvation, Blessed and Only Ruler, Branch of the Lord, Bread of Life, Bridegroom, Chief Cornerstone, Chief Shepherd, Christ Jesus my Lord, Christ Jesus our hope, Christ of God, Consolation of Israel, Covenant for the people, Crown of Splendor, Eternal Life, Faithful and True, Faithful and True Witness, First to rise from the dead, firstborn over all creation, fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, friend of tax collectors and sinners, God of all the earth, God over all, God's son, great high priest, great light, great shepherd of the sheep, guarantor of the better covenant, he who gives life to the world, he who searches hearts and souls, head of every man, head of the church, head over every power and authority, heir of all things, him who died and came to life again, him who loves us and has freed us from our sin, his one and only, holy and righteous one, Holy Servant Jesus, Hope of Israel, Horn of Salvation, Image of the Invisible God, Emmanuel, Indescribable Gift, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord, Jesus Christ our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, Judge of the Living and the Dead, King of Kings, King of the Ages, Lamb of God, Light for the Revelation to the Gentiles, Light of Life, Light of the World, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lord of Glory, Lord of Lords, Lord of Peace, Lord of the Harvest, Lord of the Sabbath. Man accredited by God, man of sorrows, master, mediator of the new covenant, merciful and faithful high priest, messenger of the covenant, Messiah, morning star, my friend, my intercessor, one who makes men holy, one who speaks to the Father in our defense, one who will rule over the nations, our God and Savior Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord, our Passover lamb, our peace, physician, prince of peace, ransom for all men, refiner and purifier, resurrection and the life, righteous judge, righteous man, righteous one, rock, Eternal, ruler of God's creation, ruler of the kings of the earth, savior of the world, shepherd and overseer of the souls, son of man, son of the blessed one, son of the most high God, source of eternal salvation, sure foundation, teacher, the amen, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, the beginning and the end, the bright morning star, the exact representation of his being, the first and the last, the gate, the good shepherd, the head, the life, the living one, the living stone, the Lord our righteousness, the man Jesus Christ, the most holy, the one and only, the only God our Savior, the radiance of God's glory, the rising of the sun, the stones the builders rejected, the testimony given at the proper time, the true light, the true vine, the truth, the way, the word, true bread from heaven, wisdom from God, witness to the people, wonderful counselor, word of God, word of life, your life, your salvation. Amen, yeah. Amen. And he shall be called. Let's pray, please. Heavenly Father, this Christmas season, this Advent season, we come to worship Jesus Christ, who was a babe but came as an infant to save us from our sins. He was God with us, Emmanuel. Let us let him be in charge of our lives. Let us worship him with reverence and awe. Let us be thankful for all that he has done for us and continues to do for us. He knows everything about us. 
and we are so thankful for that. Lord, let us be great witnesses for you this year at Christmas and all through the coming year. We ask that your power will be with us as you give us the right words to say in difficult situations to others who might not be believers, who might not know you. But we ask, Lord, that you would give us the right words. And we thank you for coming to earth to save us from our sins. And we lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen.